Welcome to Gaia's Love, a podcast to guide you home into your human journey here on Earth. My name is Vivian Gerard, and it is my delight to co-create with Gaia and share our messages from Source in this now moment. Here we go. episode 426. It is Thursday here in Cincinnati. It is a beautiful spring day. Sun is shining. Everything is blooming. And we are wrapping up April with a new moon in Taurus, a new moon solar eclipse with um, Jupiter, Uranus, and is it Neptune? doing something right now with the north node and (laughs) there is venus did i say venus there is so much happening energetically astrologically as we wrap up april and move through this weekend and so i i invite you i encourage you to take a look at astrology go to some of the experts that you follow and see what they have to say Uh, from what i am understanding this is a powerful powerful weekend and we are in I think it's called I don't know the word but there's a cycle that um, some of the astrology follows that connects the energy of this time to 18 or 19 years ago so 2003 I think April 2003 is the one I was reading and then all the way back to 1985 And so whatever was happening, 1984, sorry, whatever was happening in your life at that time, similar cycles are going to be repeating now, similar patterns. And the more awareness you have about what those events were that were probably life-changing for you at that time, the more um, uh, sort of, uh, what's the word, like insight, (laughs) the more insight you will have into what is likely to happen this weekend and moving forward. A couple other things I read, and again, like I'm just giving you a little snippet so that you can be motivated to go and do the reading yourself, but one of the articles that I was following, Astro Butterfly is a great resource if you don't already follow her, but one of the articles said that the lineup of the planets right now is opening a shift that will carry out through June that is really positive because Jupiter brings all of this expansion and luck and success for hard work and Jupiter and Venus together are doing some cool stuff. I think it's Mars is the other one and Mars brings like the fiery action. So what is starting now is going to be more alignment, greater alignment through June. So you'll really see the impact in June. And then the eclipse cycle that starts now is going to last for six months. And so that will wrap up October, November. Lots of good stuff. (laughs) I noticed my head doing this. It's going to feel a little overwhelming, (laughs) but there is lots of good energy that is going to carry us into something new, something different as we move through the rest of this year. So do some research, look around, see what you can find, and this would be a really good new moon to be intentional, to get really clear on 
Like, what is it you desire? What is it you most want to create or birth or share or experience? And write it down. Writing is such a powerful process of manifesting. Like, when you have a thought and then you write it and you put your energy and your focus into it, especially at a new moon, it's it's so good. It's such a... It's such a signal, a message to the universe, like, hey, <laughs> like, I really, really mean this. So if you, if you participate in New Moon Manifestations, we do a New Moon Manifestation Circle. Um, it's included with the New Moon Meditation that I, I'm going to be creating this afternoon. And so when you exchange for the meditation, which is $11, you get to send me your intentions, and then I handwrite them into my Manifestation Circle. And all of the people who come to our new moon gatherings at my house, which will be tomorrow night, they also handwrite their manifestations into this big circle. And so all of this energy is harnessed and focused and precisely claimed and then released to the universe because I burn the big sheet of paper a few days later. So if you want to participate in that with us, it's a really fun way. And this would be a powerful new moon to do that with all of the energy around it. So yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on. <laughs> and I think it's important to, for me, it's really important to have an awareness of it. Because if, if you're just sort of going along with life and not listening to what astrology, what the energy of the universe is, is offering us as guidance, what the universal forces of planets and stars and, you know, astrological energy what they're offering to humanity, if, if we don't pay attention to that, it's like um, not looking at the weather forecast before you make your plants for the summer or the plants for the day. And so you go outside and it's raining and you're like, how did I not know that it was going to rain? Or it's freezing cold and you don't have a jacket or a sweatshirt. When you're not um, gathering the information that would actually make your journey more comfortable, more healthy... <laughs> then I think you make it harder on yourself. So astrology to me is one of those really powerful resources. And when you find astrologers that you enjoy and trust and whose messages seem to resonate with your language and, and your focus, follow them. Like actually pay attention to what they're sharing because they are the foreseers. They are the forecasters for what we're going to experience emotionally and physically. So <laughs> there's my plug for astrology. This would be a good weekend to start following astrology. So if you don't have any good ones, I would say start with Astro Butterfly. She she writes at just such a high level, such a beautiful vibration. It's so empowering the way that she delivers her messages. So I would definitely say read some of what she is offering. Forever Conscious is another great one. Um, Astro Mama here in Cincinnati is super fun. I mean, there's, there's so many. You'll find the ones that you need. <laughs> All right, what I wanted to talk about besides all that is play. And the reason for that is I am on day, I think I'm on day seven of my nine posts that I talked about last week. Um, I started on Earth Day last Friday on Instagram and then also their blog articles on my website. And I started sharing this uh, nine-day series of infinite embodiment and how I see that expressed, how the infinite plays and dances with the body here in this human journey. And so we've had I am breath, I am sound, I am light, I am creativity. 
today is I am play. And, and so I've been, um, okay, so the, the words for it, the energy for it at a soul level is I am play dancing through play. Oh my gosh, why am I blanking on now? <laughs> I am play joy and pleasure dancing through the galaxy and choosing to be here on this planet. And so I believe at a, at a soul level, the frequency of our soul is joy and um, this sense of adventure and exploration that the soul is curious and wanting to understand all that we can understand and that we enjoy the process of that at a soul level that we're not cursed and exiled and sent to be punished we are choosing to separate from source and create something new and magical and then return that gift of our experience our adventure back to source and so it's for play it's for pleasure it's not for punishment when we choose to come to earth i believe because of the density of the human experience the physicality of the body which is so complicated and takes such attention <laughs> such care takes so much care to take care of a body <laughs> and then the collective consciousness the fear of so many souls and bodies before us who haven't figured it out or haven't done it in time or got it wrong or created karma or you know whatever our belief system is there's this collective intensity and heaviness that makes the human journey feel not so playful not so pleasurable and I believe it's it's a conscious choice to play as adults I think as children it's much easier but as adults I think we have to remember to play we have to make time to play we have to choose even in that time that we have selected like vacation we have to remember to play even in that space because we're so this is a very general statement so this may not apply to you or to everyone but I think many humans are about work and performance and production and productivity and um, results and accomplishments and play doesn't often fit very comfortably <laughs> or very often into that experience that we're living the practical everyday go 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 there's usually not a lot of play in there. And if there is play, I believe it's sometimes numbed numbed out kind of play. Like I'm going to play on my phone or play with the remote as I watch lots of TV or, you know, play. But it's not in an imaginative, creative, expressive way. And so I thought we'd talk about play today. <laughs> specifically the patterns that we've created about how we play and I don't have the answer I don't have the way everybody should play I believe it's totally unique for all of us what I can do is offer my ways of playing my understanding and patterns with play and and know that that offers you a lens through which you can look at your own patterns and perhaps have some new awareness about your time or your um, capacity or space for play and then it's up to you to decide right how how important is that in your human experience and um, 
Yeah. Does something need to shift or are you perfect and good exactly as you are? I am definitely coming from an awareness that I would enjoy more play. <laughs> that I I am ready for more creative ways to play. I am ready to break some of the patterns I have that are ingrained conditioned ways that I define play. And and so that's where I'm going to share from and then we'll just see where see where this goes. So when I was thinking about play, I I was thinking specifically about my childhood and because I think in therapy and in energy sessions and healing spaces, you know, many of us are guided back to the patterns we established as children. I know for Richard Rudd's The Gene Keys, this is a, a big part of the book, is um, looking at the cycles of childhood and how that infuses and informs your adulthood. And so he describes it in seven-year cycles, the first seven years, the second 7 to 14, and then 14 to 21, and how each of those um, periods of time is creating the physical structure of our future selves, and then the emotional structure, and then the mental structure. And so if we are in a a very safe, um, imaginative environment with our family that supports us being the individual unique expression of ourselves, then we don't, we're in alignment with our highest selves and we're not going to have a lot of junk that accumulates in each of those seven year cycles. We kind of use that time to become ourselves. Maybe this is like a Waldorf or Montessori kind of philosophy. It's like when we're able to express in our own ways, we develop a unique personality that isn't conditioned like everyone else's. And that open sort of structure that allows us to play in that way is conducive for individuality and so that that child grows into an adult that's already very well uh, established within their own unique self that's not typical (laughs) from what I've seen (laughs) and from the clients I work with and from my own work that's not typical more of us many of us have grown up needing to follow the rules and needing to be good or good or needing to be good or we get in trouble. We don't like to get in trouble. We don't like to be kicked out of the group. We don't like to feel like we're not good enough. And so we conform to the conditioning and start to look like all of those around us or the adults that are guiding our path. And I don't I don't sit here from a place of judgment like that's wrong. I think that's just been part of the human story. And now there's a shift and there has been an evolving shift. And can we be aware of that and then do our own work and see what the next version or expression of human beings looks like where we're all completely unique? It's already happening. It's, um, we're just trying to understand it. (laughs) We're trying to figure it out. So I believe we can begin by looking at our own childhoods, by looking at the patterns that were established within each one of us in our family structure, in our communities, in our schools. And so that's why I'm calling this podcast Play Patterns. You know, what, what patterns did we um, accept and ingrain 
within ourselves in connection to play and how is that informing us as adults in how we play or don't play yeah this is a big topic <laughs> this is something that could be therapy sessions for a long time or <laughs> multiple energy sessions to try to get to the the root of what it is but I think just opening the topic and the conversation is healthy. So let me take you back to when I was a little girl. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking about it this morning. Like, how did I play? I'm like, oh, I was, I was messy when I played. <laughs> I like to be in the dirt. I, so I was born in South Africa in Cape Town, and then we moved to Johannesburg. I, had an, I have an older brother who was a year and a half older, and then uh, we were living close for much of my childhood to my mom's sister, so my aunt, and I have two cousins. My one cousin is a boy. He's three months older than me, and then my other cousin is two years younger, a female, and my sister is four years younger, a female. So there were these two older boys. Well, I mean, my cousin was bigger than me and always felt like he was the same age as my brother. So these two older boys and then me, you know, stuck in the middle is what it felt like. And then these two younger girls that I always thought were like the babies. I didn't want to be a baby, <laughs> but I wasn't a big boy. <laughs> so I was like in the middle. So I remember much of my childhood always chasing, always trying to keep up, always wanting to play with the big kids, even though, you know, my cousin and my brother were pretty much my age. I couldn't do everything that they did, but I wanted to. And so a lot of our adventures were them instigating, as my mom would probably say, trouble. <laughs> and me following along and participating and being the tomboy. And so we were always outside. I lived in a climate that luckily was so much warmer than where I live now. And we were always outside and we were digging and playing and in the garden making mess there were I remember in one of our houses next door to us they were building a house and they had those tunnels that they would put the cinder blocks or the concrete in and we would go in and run through all the tunnels and you know just have these big adventures my mom did a lot of gardening so we were always outside and working with whatever she was playing with at that time I remember playing in the pool a lot like we loved the water and our grandmother had a pool we had a pool a couple times, but we were always swimming, you know, so in love with the water and jumping and competing and racing, <laughs> always racing each other and pushing. <laughs> like play was very physical for me and competitive and, but not in a way of sports. I never really participated in sports, um, but I ran a lot <laughs> after my brother and my cousin <laughs> Uh, and we would always dive and jump and, you know, there was a lot of energy that was constantly physically expressing through us. Um, and then I had like this feminine side where I enjoyed playing dolls with my sister and I wanted to do some of the dress up and we did a lot of paper dolls and coloring, um, tea parties. I loved, I loved some of the feminine dainty <laughs> stuff but I also loved the physical action and then I had this introverted imaginative being Aquarius I guess I would say now you know as a grown-up this 
imaginative part of me that wanted to be in the worlds that I was reading in my books. And so my parents were constantly buying books for me that I remember. And I don't remember going to the library very often, if at all. But we always had books in our house. My parents both loved to read. And my brother, not so much. But I and my sister loved to read. But I would get these fairy tales. And um, Enid Blyton was an author. And I would read about the fairies and the goblins and the elves and these magical trees and forests where everything communicated and the animals spoke and um, just magic, absolute magic. And I lived in those worlds in my mind, like those were so real to me and, and I soaked up everything that I read. And then we moved on to like Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys and adventure and solving crimes and problems. <laughs> And then I remember when I became a teenager, maybe a little younger than that, 10, 11, my mom loved this author, um, Barbara Cartland. I believe she's still alive. And she was writing romance novels, but connected to like the English royalty. And South Africa was connected, was part of the British Empire for a long time. And so, you know, my mom had this love for royalty and for the royal life and the structures of hierarchy of how it all worked. And so she loved these books and my sister and I eventually would read all these books, short little books, um, very much about, and then they came into the light together. <laughs> they were one, unioned forever. <laughs> like, that's sex in those books. <laughs> like They came into the light. <laughs> it was beauty forever, bliss. <laughs> I was programmed very young. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but I learned about this whole period of time. You know, a lot of her books were written, I don't even know, 1920s, 30s, 40s, maybe. I don't know how she knew all she knew, Barbara Cartland, but I learned about all the hierarchy, the dukes, the duchesses, the earls, the countesses, who was fourth cousin to who and, you know, where their estates were and how estates operated. And like, it was this whole world that was opened up to me and how, you know, love was arranged. But then there were also these amazing connections that transcended arranged marriages. And, oh, it's so funny to think about it now as an adult, how... I understood romance. You know, now our generations growing up are watching TikTok and YouTube and <laughs> Snapchatting each other. And like, that's how they're learning about romance. And it's not, it's so different from the way I was, um, the way my soul chose to be a human and learn about love. And so then, yeah, so just a lot of introverted imaginative play um, I remember doing a lot of like coloring, painting, um, using my hands quite a bit. Never really cooking wasn't my thing. <laughs> I wish now. I wish now I had been more interested in cooking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So play was. I played a lot as a child, and you know we were given a lot of freedom to physically move around and go through the neighborhoods and be. And so I. I feel like even that is such a shift from years since then, you know, with my children growing up, it, we didn't, I didn't allow that. It wasn't as safe for them to just go roam wherever. And so their worlds were a little more contained, you know, physically size contained. Um, 
Yeah, and then when we moved to the United States, uh, when I was 10 and a half, 11, it became social play, like how social groups work and joining different, like we joined a church and then I joined the youth group and then as I grew up, I joined the choir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. I joined the choir. <laughs> I even got a couple solos, but <laughs> that was not a match. <laughs> My voice is not a singing voice. Oh, <laughs> they did their best with me. I was not coordinated and I could not carry a tune, <laughs> but I had a good time. <laughs> but play became much more about friendships and um, love relationships and working through all of that, you know, school, studying, the required reading, yeah, like play, play was more social. It wasn't so much, um, I didn't have as much time to read. I did art in high school and enjoyed that, but um, not a lot. And then I remember like college, um, trying dance, didn't go well. <laughs> Scuba diving, not so great. <laughs> Got really claustrophobic. <laughs> Drinking, not for me. <laughs> like <laughs> play. <laughs> Yeah, what was play? Play was just relationships, I guess. Social relationships, music, you know, hanging around with my friends, talking, travel was always fun. Um, and then when I became a mom, when I got married and became a mom, my children brought play back in this way that was reminding me of when I was a child, but also so different, like the ways that you could play the games that they had you know we did some board games growing up but I don't remember loving board games and my kids love board games and puzzles um, we read a lot you know I read Harry Potter with my daughter and loved that whole world I mean play just shifted and um, my garden became where I love to play I love being outside and watching how things would grow and then I could divide them and move them and beauty came from what my hands were doing and that was definitely a pattern from my mom. My mom was a gardener and I wasn't as a child but as I became an adult like that pattern came back. Um, my daughter liked to paint so that was fun like we would paint together and um, Play-Doh, we love Play-Doh, pool, they were also water kids, thank God, and so we would have lots of fun at Grandma Pam, Grandpa Jerry's pool, and then we joined the Y and did that, like, you know, there were ways that the patterns were, I was able to step back into some of my own play as a child with my children as the ones guiding the play, and I see that now with our grandchildren, with the the patterns are available again to go back to being a child because you see the world through their eyes and through their newness and curiosity and excitement, which is so fun. Yeah, and I, I think the reason all of this that I've gotten so uh, retrospective, <laughs> so like, it's not melancholy. What is the word where you just kind of think back over your memories? whatever the word is like I've just sort of been reflecting back on that and and wondering like where I am now oh my little Jay just stopped in to say hi where I am now I feel like play and imagination are um, more cosmic more 
more visionary. Um, like th I would say the greatest joy and delight I have in play, besides like playing in the pool and playing with my family and my friends in social relationships, for me individually, like the greatest joy and pleasure and delight that I experience as an adult in play is when I close my eyes and I can connect with the cosmos and and bring in memories, awareness, voices, wisdom, uh, knowledge, like when all of that cosmic imaginative realm is here in the physical in my mind and in my body and then I can share that I can talk about that I can express that or I can create images that talk about it I can write books that share the stories you know when I when my imagination can play in the realms beyond this 3d structure like the worlds of magic as a child the elves and the fairies except now it's souls and planets and consciousness and I get to share that I get to create these podcasts and you know create the posts that I'm doing on Instagram and and share the the joy that I have being a soul in a human body <laughs> so that's play for me and and that's very different than how other people experience play but because it brings me such joy and delight and I'm able to incorporate that into my schedule and structure my work around that I I live play as my work yeah like I guess that's the best way to say it like my play patterns are it's what I do it's it's how I work <laughs> even when I'm working with clients you know when I do sessions for example especially new people when it's someone I've never met before and we're on a Zoom call or a phone call and, and I'm reading their energy, I'm, I'm experiencing who they are soul to soul. There is so much joy inside of me as I see someone and reflect what I see back to them, not to fix them or change them or tell them what to do, to say, here's what I see. I see you and wow, like you're so cool. Let me tell you all the things that I see about you. Isn't this amazing who you are? <laughs> like, look at your story, look at your patterns, look at, like this is so exciting to play in this energetic way, soul to soul of recognizing another person. And then in my longer client work, as I, as I get to know clients and deepen into their patterns and their stories and you know, the, path that they want to be walking or the gifts that they want to be expressing there it's play for me it's it's like I even say that to many of my clients I'm like I can't wait to play in energy space with you <laughs> because that's that's how it feels and yet I'm getting paid to do that like that is my work my job to play <laughs> in energy <laughs> like how cool is that how cool is that and I hope my wish for humanity is that more and more of us are playing to work, are playing as our work. We, we are in the genius and gifts of who we are here to be, and that's where our income comes from. And so we're expressing the unique soul through the human form in this play work way. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> Those are some of the thoughts I've been having. <laughs> and I don't know if we're ever really told that. I don't, I wasn't told that. I was told everywhere. I was told by my parents. I was told by my school. I was told, my stomach is growling. I was told by adults all around me, you know, you better work hard. You got to work really hard. And, and when you work hard, if you're lucky, you might be successful, but it's going to take a long time and a lot of work. So make sure you keep your nose to the grindstone, get those things done, <laughs> which I do work hard. And I do believe it's not just dreaming of the reality we want, but to actively be creating it and and taking risks and trying things and maybe failing and then trying again and, you know, continuing to explore like how we want to express ourselves and how we want our gifts to be our work. It's not a passive experience. It's not a passive path. And yet, can you hear her? She is all over us today. Our cat, Jane. <laughs> She's like, you have to play. You have to play with the blinds and play with the curtain, <laughs> play with the lights, play with mom's feet. We'll see if she jumps up here to say hi to us. But I don't think we're told that play can be a job, that we can love, love what we do with our time. And we can be in our genius doing it. We can, we can be living our love and receiving an income from that that allows us to do more of it. And that cycle, like, how cool is that? <laughs> so cool. So that's my message today is that the play pattern, well, there's a couple of messages <laughs> to summarize. The first one would be, I believe it's important to look at the patterns we have from childhood to understand how we have learned to play or not learned to play and to tap back into the joy, the, the moments where we loved playing and, and try to remember what those were and perhaps create or bring into our lives now more of that same energy. And so making that like a conscious choice and perhaps that's part of what this weekend's energy is about being intentional at this new moon in Taurus whoopsie let's not do that being intentional at this new moon in Taurus to um decide like <laughs> hold on we gotta move her you cutie cutie are getting loud to be intentional at this new moon in Taurus about how we can bring that joy back and then use the fire of Mars and the alignment of Venus and Jupiter to bring that play into our livelihood or into our daily activities to take action that includes the joy and the fun and the delight of play. Big picture, I guess, and then I'll get back to the messages, the main themes. Big picture is if we are, if it's true that we are souls and we're dancing through the galaxy and we decide we're going to go to Gaia, we see this little planet, we're like, oh yeah, that, I'm going to go there. And we choose to come into the energy field of Gaia to share our gifts, to create, to play as souls. There's action that's required when we're in here. 
There's the action of choosing to come in and have this life to actively participate in being a human. And then when we are human, there's action to eat and learn and, and create and participate. There's action that's required from that. And so at a new moon in Taurus, I believe we have this, and the solar eclipse, we have this opportunity to really focus our intentions and align the action with that higher frequency, with that higher vision of what might be possible. <laughs> there are so many noises today. My stomach, the cat. <laughs> she wants to play with the timekeeper thing, the hourglass. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I hope she doesn't knock it over. Nope, here she comes. <laughs> She's so much fun. I. I adore this little black cat that just wants to play all the time. Okay, so the one message is let's look at our childhood play patterns and see see what there is to become aware of. And then the next message is to to perhaps open up the potential if you haven't before of how the things that you love to do, the places and the ways that you love to play how you could bring that more and more into your work. And maybe it begins with just a balance, you know, a little less work if you work a lot or have a lot of activity and a little more playtime. But as you, as you do that, maybe, maybe there's a way play could come into your work and now suddenly you have this unique expression that you're bringing into your company or into your school or into your home, wherever it is you're working, there's this new little element that is lighter and brings you joy and it's incorporated into how you are working, what your livelihood is. And I don't know what those are. Like I'm saying it to see if it sparks an idea for you. But I believe as we allow that sort of rebalancing or re-energizing um, like reevaluation of our work, something new might come through. Some new possibility might spark inside of us. We might see our jobs in a way that we just hadn't before because we were limited to say it was work and there's no room for play in that work. Yeah. I hope all of this is making sense. <laughs> I know some people who play and work seamlessly, like, they ebb and flow like no one's business between <laughs> work and play. And it's, it's amazing how they are able to make it so harmonious. Um, if I was in an office job, I don't, know, I don't know how I would be weaving those together. So I realize I'm very blessed that I am at home doing my work here in this way. But I believe anything is possible. And... Um, one of the beautiful statements that Esther Butterfly made in her article today about all of the energies that are shifting. Her title was, What If? What if this life you've always desired, this dream you've had of what it could be, could actually happen, could come true? What if? What steps would need to start happening in order for you to come into alignment with that, to start creating that? And this weekend, the opportunities of the energy right now feel like they would support us creating that, beginning that integration of 
the life we've always wanted merging with the life we're currently leading. And so break open some of the limitations perhaps that your mind has put around everything being structured and in a box <laughs> separate. And maybe how could it how could it weave in a new way? How could how could it play and dance in a way that you haven't perhaps considered before? And a great intention if this is what's sort of stirring in you as you're listening to me or hearing what I'm sending energetically through this transmission to you, if something is stirring, a great intention would be, I'm open to the possibilities being shown to me. I, I'm intentionally choosing to listen in a new way. I, my ears are ringing. I, I call in my guides, the universe, to bring me clarity or new potential that hasn't existed before or have, I haven't been ready for yet before. You could have an intention of um, what if I don't know the highest possibility yet? And so I allow the universe to start to show me that. I allow God's source to clarify and identify opportunities for me. Or another great intention would be, I'm open to playing in a new way. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> I mean, we can keep it so simple. I am open is a great intention. I am open. And then if you're worried about what you're open to, <laughs> you can, you know, put a little limitation around that. Like, I'm open to the good. <laughs> I'm open to the joy. I'm open to the delight. I am open to remembering that I'm the soul dancing through the galaxy and I chose Gaia and it's for the joy of it. Like, I'm open to that. <laughs> so let's remember more of that over the next lunar cycle. Like, how cool would that be? All right, that's enough philosophizing for now. I would love to hear how you play and what you remember about your own childhood play. I think it's so much fun to talk about that. My friend on Instagram yesterday, she's like, we used to climb in trees and pretend, how did she say, pretend they were rocket ships. Like, how cool is that? Isn't that amazing? So share those stories if you would like to in the comments with me or send me an email. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you about it. And then I'm going to go read some cards, some tarot cards in my New Moon Tarot video. If you currently don't watch those, you might enjoy tuning in for this weekend. Um, to see what comes through energetically. And then I'll make a new moon meditation, which you can purchase for $11, and then send me your intentions, and I'll add them to our manifestation circle. Good mojo all around. <laughs> and if you're in Cincinnati, you can come to the new moon circle tomorrow. You can look it up um, in my store under new moon magic. So I wish you such a beautiful weekend, so much magic and play and joy. May you just connect in with your inner child in like the best of ways over the next few days. I will see you next week in May. <laughs> I didn't do that well, did I? <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you for tuning into this vibration of pure love. I invite you to join me on Facebook or Instagram in a community I call the Gaia Tribe Reunion, where we show up together to share our soul's gifts, what we came here to Gaia to contribute to humanity. 
You can learn more at viviangerard.com. Let's take this message of Gaia's love out into all of our relationships and communities today. So much love from my heart to yours.